0: Hello, sacred soul. I am so grateful that you have decided to press play on this episode. You are in for such an incredible conversation before we get started. I do want to encourage you to be fully present with this conversation and maybe have a notebook and a pen nearby so you can jot down some notes. It's my intention that you walk away with something that you can take action on. So if you have some notes or you do find that you're taking action on something really inspired by what we talk about in this episode, I also encourage you to stay after the episode is finished for some details about Sacred Success Live, which will be opening up at the end of this month. And we will be starting officially for a six-month container in September. So if you want the details, stay to the end of the episode. And I will let you get into all of the juicy things we're going to talk about today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Energetics of Everything. Today, we have a very highly requested topic, and this is a question that I get asked on a regular basis. Anytime I talk about defined gates, anytime I talk about gene keys, anytime I talk about undefined centers... I get the question, how do you work with defined gates in undefined centers? And this comes up a lot when I talk about specific gate placements, my conscious son being gate 34, people are curious, what does it mean if your conscious son is in a defined gate, but it's in an undefined center and how is that going to show up? So today we are going to dive very, very deep into my experience and my understanding of the undefined head center. I have an undefined head center. And so we're going to discuss this because I have two gates defined in this Undefined Head Center, 64 and 61. And these are gates that I have worked with A good amount because they're in this undefined center. So around 70% of the population has this undefined head center or an open head center. The difference between open and undefined undefined, you will have gates defined in that undefined center. And then open is there's no definition within that center at all. I always reference, or I often reference this one analogy or this one framework of understanding when it comes to the centers, the gates, and the channels. I like to think of the centers as rooms. So there's nine rooms in this mansion. I see this big, big house, big, big mansion with nine separate rooms. And every single one of the gates is going to be a key. We all have our little ring with all of these keys on it. And so, when you have a defined gate in an undefined center, it means that you have keys on your keychain that sometimes you're like, where does this go? I'm not really quite sure what to do with this particular gate. However, anytime that you are accessing the energy of that room, so in this analogy or this example, since we're looking at the head center, anytime you're experiencing inspiration, anytime you're dealing with those themes, while it may not be consistent, you do have access to those keys when you are in that room. What you're looking at is you're going to experience the energy of an undefined center. When you're working with that undefined center, you get to access You get to use, you are get to reference, you're going to gain a little bit of control and gain a little bit of almost certainty within those defined gates. This is where I really love to play with the gene keys because the gene keys shows you what you're moving and shows you the shadow to the gift to the city. It shows you these different frequencies of expression for these individual gates without necessarily needing to have the full channel. I'm going to just share a little bit about my experience with my undefined head center. And I think a great place to start here is just discussing like the themes of the undefined head center and how that's going to show up for anybody. When we have undefined centers, It's something that we perceive, it's something that we notice, it's something that we watch and we witness in other people very often and very consistently, but generating it for ourselves can sometimes be inconsistent. It's something that you might have access to it, but you're not creating it yourself all of the time. And so there is this inconsistency. When we're looking at the head center to the Ajna to the throat, really all of the different circuits and the sub-circuits, we're looking at streams of awareness. We're looking at streams of consciousness. We're looking at a specific path that that idea or that energy wants to flow through. So looking at the head center, we have three separate ways where we feel inspired. Inspiration, this connection to ideas that are bigger than us, this connection to concepts and realms and urges and Insights and questions, we tend to question things and we tend to feel motivated to understand something and find that mental awareness. We're looking at a pressure center that's pushing energy through the ajna to create mental awareness, understand something, create mental certainty, and then be expressed into the world and manifested through that throat center. So there's three separate ways that we consistently, or anyone really, there's three separate ways that we question things. One, I'm confused. 64 to 47 is I'm confused. There's a lot of moving pieces. I see all these moving pieces, but I don't know what to do with the moving pieces. And so 64, you're going to get this pressure and it's going to feel like, oh, that's a lot of information. That's a lot of information in my head. That's a lot of questions that I have. I don't even know where to start is going to be this confusion energy. So in the shadow, you can have this energy of, I don't know where to start. So what's the point? I'm just confused. Never going to understand this. There's way too much going on here. Nope. I'm not having it. I am not having it. I am not having it because I have 64 defined in an undefined head center. When I feel those questions and when I feel that inspiration from other people, it's easy for me to get confused. If I hear multiple people saying things in different ways, confusion is something that I am very familiar with because that's a frequency that I consistently generate. Anytime I'm reflecting and anytime I'm experiencing even questions that aren't mine or inspiration that's not mine, I still find myself in that energy of confusion and searching for 47, which is breakthroughs and epiphanies and these aha moments. A big theme of my searching for inspiration and kind of searching for answers and looking outside of myself for these answers has been, I'm confused because I can see how certain topics are explained from an energetic standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, but also from a scientific standpoint. And there's different ways for this information to be understood. Essentially, I can see the multiple perspectives and I'm confused. Like what's the right one? And so for me, that shadow is going to be more of, I'm going to experience that confusion, I'm going to experience. This, I don't really know what to do. And I can search for a right or wrong answer, worrying about I don't know. I'm waiting for that light bulb moment very often. However, I don't always have control over that light bulb moment. And not everything that I get confused about is going to result in an epiphany. And it's not always going to result in a breakthrough. It's not always going to result in that, oh, everything is clicked and I now understand exactly what's going on in front of me. That doesn't always happen. I get to recognize that I'm going to experience that confusion and I'm going to experience that awareness of, I don't really know all of the pieces that are going on. When working with an undefined center, there has to be this level of trust because you're working with energy that you don't have control over. You're working with energy and you're learning through observation from the people around you. You're learning their processes. You're learning their methods for inspiration, their methods for questioning. I see people getting inspired. There are certain people that I've been following in business for like five, six years. And I can see, like, I know where they were inspired from. I know where they had their initial, Ooh, I'm going to do this. I know who inspired them. I can see what different influences and what coaches are influencing these people and what coaches might be inspiring these people. I can see that consistently in other people for me, I don't always have a consistent sense of inspiration. I don't always have this consistent open channel to new ideas, to thinking about things in a new way. And so where my inspiration comes from most consistently, I'm not going to say consistently in general, because it's going to be inconsistent for me in general. But one of the ways that I do come back to and I can kind of anchor in is that gate 64. That gate 64, I'm able to recognize the confusion and say, okay, there's a lot happening right now. I don't really know what's going on. And because I'm no longer searching for that epiphany and I'm no longer putting pressure on myself to have that breakthrough and to understand absolutely everything, I'm able to find peace with it. I can recognize that I might feel that energy of confusion. And the gift in this gate is imagination. So how can I decide that instead of being confused, I'm being given an opportunity to be imaginative? Along with that, I can also diffuse some of the mental pressure that I feel and that I experience by recognizing that it's not mine. If I'm designed and if it's correct for me to have a breakthrough, to have an insight, it's something that's going to happen naturally, but it's not something that I have to search for. It's not something that I have to pressure myself into solving because a lot of times I'm going to get confused about something and it may be a question or it may be a piece of inspiration that's not necessarily meant for me. And I'm just witnessing from the energy around myself. I'm just witnessing it in somebody else. A good example of this would be clients. Clients may be asking questions. Clients may be expressing confusion in a certain way, or they may be talking about something and I'd be like, wow, I'm kind of confused around maybe your method is better than mine and maybe I don't know what I'm talking about in this particular area. There can be this, I'm confused, what's the right answer? What's the correct way of seeing things? If I'm in that confusion, I can let it go. And oftentimes if I let it go, it will return to sender, essentially. I like to play with that with ideas. If this is something that's really confusing me, I'm going to play with my imagination I'm going to see this as an opportunity to create something new because for me, really tapping into that energy of imagination is realizing that there is no right way to understand things. There is no perfect way of understanding things. Everything is subjective. The way that I describe things is through the lens that I have been given and through the way that I have been able to understand things thus far, and that may change in the future for me. But also you have experienced different things. You have different insights. You have different experiences that are going to influence the way that you understand things. Everyone is going to understand things a little bit differently. And so it's okay if you're confused. It's okay if I'm confused when somebody else explains something, I'm able to come up with my own understanding of it, but there isn't a right answer all of the time. 64 is part of the abstract circuitry. And so it's sensing and it's confusing sometimes. And this is the start of that whole stream of consciousness in the abstract or the sensing collective circuitry. So we have this 64, we've got confusion. And when I'm working with this energy, I've also realized that it's okay if I'm confused sometimes. It's perfectly okay for me to be confused. I don't have to understand everything that's happening. One of the places where you notice this shows up is family trips. Very often, I just don't overhear all of the conversations or certain people will talk about something and certain people will talk about something else. And there's conversations that are happening and I'm not a part of all of them. So it would be easy for me to say, Oh no, that's going to confuse me. I need to make sure that everyone's on the same page and I can get into this fearful energy around confusion is bad and it's not okay to be confused. Or I can recognize that if I'm confused one, I can ask anybody. I can find that information if it's pertinent to me. And if it's really something that I need to know, I'm also perfectly okay with if other people are making plans and other people are figuring out what the agenda is. I don't have to search for those answers. I can trust that those questions are being asked. Like, what are we doing for dinner today? What are we planning for this event or who's going on this excursion? I can trust that there are people who are figuring out those answers And they don't always need my input because sometimes I have great opinions and sometimes I have great insights, but with my 1762, I need to be invited into a conversation or I need to be invited into that planning situation for me to be showing up in alignment. If I'm in the shadow of confusion or I'm in the shadow of my head center searching for answers, I'm going to want to give unsolicited advice and unsolicited opinions that may just confuse everyone else. That may not be beneficial because sometimes two people coming together, talking through something is easier than having six or seven people come together and try and figure something out. At that point, you have many different voices. At that point, you're moving away from the connection chart and you're stepping more into a Penta or even a Wah energy. And that's a completely different situation. And there, you don't have access to awareness centers. And so sometimes it's easier for two people to come together and figure something out. And then for me to recognize that if I'm needed, I will be invited into that situation. I will be given something to respond to. I will have a nudge. I will have an urge. I will know. The confusion instead of worrying about like, oh my gosh, I am confused. Everyone is confused. I need to search for an answer. If I understand this, then I'll be able to share and make sure everyone else understands this. That's a very fearful energy. And then on the flip side, we have the repressive energy, which is just being confused and I'm never going to understand anything. There's this almost complacency, there's like an apathy of I'm confused and nothing that I do is ever going to change that. You can get into the shadow of confusion where I'm confused and no matter what I do, no matter how many questions I ask, I'm never going to understand this. So that can be the other shadow. And so the gift if anything is always going to be right in between the reactive and the repressive energy of that shadow. So in confusion, let me actually look at my cheat sheet. In confusion, we have imitation and confused as the two shadows. So, the repressive shadow is going to be imitating, and then the reactive energy is going to be confused. So, if you're reactive, You're confused. You get inspired by something. You say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm confused. This isn't working. And then no matter what you do, you can be searching for answers. People can be telling you what's going on and you're still in this. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. If you're in that reactive shadow, it does not matter. If somebody breaks down the topic and explains it to you, like you're a three-year-old, you will still be in that energy of confusion. The repressive side, Is recognizing that if you're confused, there must be a right way. And if there's a right way, someone else is probably doing it. And so you'll get into this energy of imitation and you will copy other people instead of playing with your imagination and coming up with a new way. And this is really in that thinking of there is a right answer and there's a wrong answer. And so if I'm confused, I'm just going to follow somebody else. In my experience, I've wanted to imitate a lot of people. I've wanted to do things the same way that they have. I've looked at people's Instagram strategies, or I've purchased templates for email launches and things like that, just because I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I'm confused that confusion, especially because it's an undefined center for me. It's going to be a trigger for me. If I'm searching for the answers, if I'm confused and if I'm in that repressive energy, Oftentimes, I'll jump to the opposite shadow and I'll want to get into that energy of imitating other people or searching for answers outside of me, saying, I'm confused. I'm never going to fully understand this. And therefore, I'm going to reach to somebody else and say that they have all of the answers. And I'm going to imitate everything that they do because they must know what they're talking about. Both of those, if I'm in this reactive energy of confusion, or if I'm in the energy of imitation, neither of those allows me to tap into the energy of imagination. That imagination, well, it is triggered by things that I see in that undefined head center of, should I be searching for this answer? Is this a question that I actually need to know the answer to? Is this inspiring? Am I inspired? Am I imitating other people? Those are all things that are going to go on in that mental center, that head center where you're searching for answers and you're feeling that pressure to answer questions and to solve problems and to come to a space of mental awareness. It's easy for me to get confused and it's easy for me to want to imitate people because I'm searching for that epiphany and I'm searching for that breakthrough for me. while I'm always going to be navigating this. I don't really know if these are my questions. I don't really know if this is my inspiration. I can trust that if it comes up again. It's going to be for me. And if it's something that kind of fizzles out, if I don't put energy into it, if I say, okay, the epiphany will come, that's really where you're working with the gate that's undefined that you're reaching towards. 64 reaches towards 47. And so 64 is this, I'm confused. I'm feeling this pressure of confusion. I'm feeling this mental fog. And so you're wanting for that fog to clear up. You're wanting for that inspiration to hit. You're wanting for you to be able to take a step back and be like, Whoa, everything makes sense. I see how it all works together. I understand. You're searching for that inspiration or you're searching for that insight, that download. Yeah, you're searching for that transmutation energy, essentially. This is the gate of realization. So you're searching for a realization. For me, That that doesn't always happen. I don't always get the realization. I don't always understand the things that I am confused about. I do not always understand the things that I'm confused about. And that's frustrating sometimes. But I recognize that it's okay for me to experience the confusion without the breakthrough And that means that I was just experiencing the energy of somebody else's question or somebody else's inspiration. And it's perfectly okay for me to witness that inspiration from someone else and not feel pressured to release or solve that pressure through finding the answer or finding a conclusion. So when you have defined gates and undefined centers, recognize that you're probably going to experience that energy of that particular gate or that shadow and that gift a little bit more. And in the context of how you're cultivating that gift, you're working with undefined energy and you're working with observation and perception. I have to observe the thoughts that I have, I have to observe the inspiration that I experience. And then I'm naturally going to feel confused more than I feel, let's say, doubtful, which is the gate that is that full channel undefined, the 63 to 4 channel. I have that fully undefined. And so I experience doubt and this energy of like, okay, I doubt that this is real and I'm going to research it and find the answers and find the conclusion. I experience that much less than me getting into a situation and feeling like I am in over my head. And like, whoa, there's a lot of moving pieces here that I maybe don't understand. People are using terms and language in this conversation that I thought I was ready for, but I am still confused. For me, instead of feeling like I doubt this is real, I'm going to do some research, I'm going to find the exact facts, I'm going to find the exact answers, I am more often going to experience that energy of, oh boy, I'm confused. There's so much happening here. There's a lot of moving pieces Do I understand the bigger picture? Do I understand how everything fits together? That's going to be more consistent for me. I very often and very, very often am going to experience this energy of I don't know what I'm doing and I'm figuring it out. And I get to recognize that I'm going to cultivate that gift of imagination through seeing other people's insights, through seeing other people's inspirations, through hearing questions and seeing questions and wondering If it's for me or not, I get to recognize that I'm going to be confused a lot of the times. And I get to trust and I get to cultivate that energy of imagination through trusting that sometimes the insights and sometimes that realization and that breakthrough moment is going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, I might be confused on that topic forever, but it means that it wasn't my question in the first place. I will learn how to understand what's me versus what's not me in this head center, working with that gate of confusion. I'm going to consistently have that confusion, but the questions that I am working with are, is this mine or not? There's this differentiation that's going to happen and that's going to occur in the context of me learning and cultivating this gift of imagination. So now I'm going to use a second example and we're going to talk about the 61 to 24. And hopefully this is going to solidify. I'm going to go through all three of them and talk about my experience with them And then we'll play a little bit more with this. So 61 is this gate of mystery. This gate of mystery, we have the shadow of psychosis. And so psychosis can either be fanatical or disenchanted. We have individual circuitry. We have knowing circuitry. So for me, this gate of mystery, it's this like, I just know. I just know. I just know. I just know. That's the energy that I get with 61. We have disenchanted in the repressive shadow and then we have fanatical in the hyperactive or reactive shadow of course inspiration is going to be right between those the disenchanted is going to be essentially exposing yourself to fantasy exposing yourself to mystery exposing yourself to this unknown this intuition kind of spiritual higher self vibes is what i get disenchanted is where you're like okay cool i'm psychic Or it's this like disenchantment of that's probably just me talking to myself. That's just my imagination. That's not actually me tuning into awarenesses or me tuning into divinity or me being psychic in any specific way so this disenchanted is where you're going to downplay your connection to the mystery and your ability to tap into inspiration fanatical is going to be kind of the opposite where you are searching for fanatical reaches to this shadow I'm pretty sure, because I know it connects to 24, and the shadow is addiction. Anxiety will work really interestingly with this fanatical, but we have psychosis and addiction in this particular channel. And so if you think about substance abuse, when you're in that substance abuse, a lot of people might find themselves using drugs or using alcohol or using substances to try and solve mysteries and trying to understand life and trying to understand a bigger picture, or they're in this energy where they're using a substance to numb their connection to this world, instead of saying, am I crazy and feeling like a crazy person and wondering if you're in this psychosis and just spiraling in this, like I'm seeing things, but no one else sees this. I understand things a specific way, but no one else understands it a specific way. Am I crazy for thinking things that are different than what other people are thinking? Because we're looking at individual ideas and questions. And so you might find yourself with 61 questioning the questions that you have and questioning the inspiration and questioning the source. I find myself very often questioning, is this me intuitively channeling something? Is this me genuinely understanding something in a new way that no one else has experienced before? Or am I just making things up? There's this wondering and there's this questioning since that head center is undefined. Sometimes I'm going to experience, here's a great example of an undefined center. Sometimes you're going to experience your ideas, your inspiration, your intuitive knowing. And sometimes you're going to get an idea or get a piece of inspiration that isn't necessarily yours because you're watching other people get inspired. You're watching other people ask questions and you're going to learn the different ways of being inspired and the different ways to ask questions and the different ways to experience this. Ooh, that is getting me going. That is giving me some pressure. That is moving me and motivating me to want to understand something differently. You're going to experience that in many different ways with an undefined center. And so those defined gates are going to be this little anchor point and this very specific gift that you are going to cultivate when you're in that whole context of asking questions, gaining inspiration, gaining insights. So with 61, the 61 to 24 channel, we're dealing with individual knowing circuitry. This individual knowing circuitry, it's very empowering. And so essentially it's this idea that you have a connection to an inner knowing before anyone else knows it. It's this intuitive, I just know this is right. I just know this is correct. With only 61 being defined, sometimes I will question that. Because with 24, we have anxious and frozen. And so I'll notice that sometimes I'll have this intuitive knowing and I'll wonder if I'm crazy. Like, okay, am I crazy here? Do I actually know what I'm talking about? That inspiration for me, it can either freeze me and it can pressure me to not want to take action at all. And I'll get into this. Ah, I know this thing. I saw this insight. I have this random piece of awareness And I'm not going to do anything with it. It's easy for me to freeze and say, okay, cool. I don't trust that idea. I do not trust that inspiration. I don't trust me as the vessel to bring this concept through. I'm just not going to do anything about it. We have disenchanted and frozen as that repressive shadow here. So disenchanted in 61 and frozen in 24. I want to talk about both of those together before moving on to the other ones. So disenchanted is this, I'm not recognizing and I'm not giving credit for the inspiration that's actually there. I'm saying this is just my mind making things up. It's a cool idea. And I probably want to be more psychic or I want to have this intuitive connection. I want to be somebody who channels ideas and just knows things, but I'm probably making it up. And so this disenchanted is going to discredit my inspiration It's going to discredit the source. It's going to discredit me. It's going to say, I don't just know that. I'm making that up and I know nothing. That's going to be the disenchanted and that's going to work with that frozen energy. And it's going to encourage me to not take any action on that inspiration. So I'll feel this pressure of like, ooh, cool, new, amazing insight and idea, very inspiring. And in that repressive shadow will have me in this energy of, okay, but who are you to have psychic abilities? And who are you to have crazy insights. And who are you to know things that nobody else knows yet? And so I'm going to disenchant myself. I'm going to take the magic away from the situation saying, no, that's not real. You're a regular person. That's not going to happen to you. That's unlikely. I'm going to doubt and take away the magic and and really doubt that I'm the person who has that magic essentially with that. I can freeze and I'll freeze. I'm like, I'm not going to explore that idea anymore. I'm not going to pursue it. I'm not going to see if The world is ready to hear this. And so you can disenchant it and you can freeze yourself and you won't take any action. Let's talk about those reactive shadows in the 61 to 24 channel, which are going to be fanatical in 61 and anxious in that 24. We talked about how you can doubt that experience and you can kind of close it down and say, no, this isn't magical. No, this isn't real. No, this is not some divine inspiration and freeze yourself and not take action. The reactive shadow we have fanatical and we have anxious, this fanatical energy. I see it as going back to your tarot deck over and over and over and over again, searching for more answers because you're anxious that the ones that you got aren't real. It's almost like looking for clarity and looking for clarity. I can see people like I've done this myself where I experience that fanatical energy of the cards have the answers. The cards have the answers. It's not me. It's the cards. And so I can feel anxious around Am I working with this correctly? Am I doing it right? There's this anxiety that I'll feel and I will want to go back and I will want more clarity. It's easy for me to get into a shadow as well of, Ask the universe for a sign, and then you see a sign, you're like, Well, I walk by that mailbox every single day, so I know that it says 777, but like it doesn't count because it's always there, and like I've seen it before, so I need another sign. And then you'll get another sign, you'll say, Okay, well, I knew that it was like 332, and like I looked at the clock again pretty recently, and so I probably was just looking for that, and that's not actually a sign. So that fanatical energy will be essentially just like looking for more signs, looking for more confirmation, because that anxiety is saying it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. You're looking for this proof before you're willing to share something because you're still doubting that you're the person who is correct for this and you're still unsure if you are the right person to figure this out or if this is the correct idea or if you're interpreting it correctly that's going to be that shadows that is psychosis and addiction are going to be the two main shadows there but then we have the gift of inspiration and invention this is the gift of this 61 to 24 channel it's where you allow the magic and it's going to be right between those reactive and the repressive shadow Always. The gift is always right in between those. And so it's balancing this energy of disenchantment with this energy of fanatical. How can you find balance between those? To find balance between those, you're going to cultivate this gift of inspiration by recognizing that every idea is sacred. Every idea is beautiful. Every piece of inspiration, every thought that crosses your mind is beautiful and sacred and has potency and has presence of its own. Everything is magic. And because everything is magic, you can recognize that you don't have to hold on to the magic and you don't have to get fanatical about it. There's this fine line of respecting an idea and seeing it as its essence and seeing it as a savior. There's this beautiful energy where you become inspired by the ideas that you're working with and you become inventive because you're working with ideas that are new and ahead of their time. And you're allowing yourself to think differently and you're allowing yourself to be inventive with the ideas that you're bringing through. For me, with the defined gate 61, I feel inspired by a lot of things. Not every idea that I have is ready to come through me. Not every idea that I have is going to allow me to be inventive. And I can see very often that this would allow invention, and this would allow evolution to happen in certain fields or in certain topics, but I know that I'm not the right person for it. I will recognize that I will consistently get the inspiration. I will consistently see the knowing. And I would say about a third of the ideas that I experience, and about a third of the inspirational things that I have actually end up being my invention and my creation just because they might be for someone else. And I'm going to recognize and I'm going to learn how to discern what's inspiration for me and what's inspiration for something else. And that's part of recognizing that one, I'm open. My head center is undefined, which means I'm going to experience inspiration. And that's going to be a topic that I'm going to be probably confused about a lot. And I'm always going to feel like I'm solving a mystery. (laughs) And so I'm going to deal with this undefined energy through tapping into the energy of imagination and tapping into the energy of inspiration. I can be inspired and I can be imaginative and I can allow these ideas to inspire me and I can allow the confusion or this feeling of I am crazy to get me thinking and to get me cultivating that gift. But on the other side of that channel, there's always going to be this energy of surrender, this energy of surrender to I can feel the inspiration, I can acknowledge the idea. And I can recognize that not every idea is made for me to invent. Not every idea is for me to build. Not every idea needs to be Moved through me. I may not see the invention that happens from that inspiration every single time, but I don't have to search for it. It's really about learning how to do your part and re- learning how to watch and let go and surrender in that undefined energy. I want to talk about the 63 to 4 channel because this is a channel that I have fully undefined. And so I think that it'll be good to explain and explore the transpersonal channels versus the conditioning receptors. A conditioning receptor will be a defined gate in an undefined center. So my undefined head center has gate 64 and gate 61. But the 63 to 4 channel is fully undefined for me. What this means is that I very rarely on my own doubt something and want to research it. So 63 is the gate of doubt. And so doubt, it's this energy of like, I you say something, I don't think that's real. I don't think that's true. And I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. This is logical collective circuitry. It wants to share its ideas with the rest of the world and it's gonna do it in a very logical manner. If you think about things like the scientific method, we're questioning things. We're saying, does this actually work that way? Is this correlated to this? And there is this healthy level of doubt because you don't wanna be jumping to conclusions with the scientific method. It's very much, this is what I think, this is my hypothesis and I'm going to test it. I'm not just gonna trust this idea, I'm going to test it because I doubt I'm actually right. That's the scientific method. So I'm gonna search for answers by assuming this might be right, but I'm going to figure it out without the benefit of a doubt. So you wanna figure out that truth and you're searching for that truth. The reactive shadow is going to be suspicion and then the repressive shadow is self-doubt. So if you're in the energy of self-doubt, you're doubting yourself. I don't know what I'm talking about. If everyone says that this is correct, then I'm probably wrong for thinking that it's different. I'm going to doubt myself for even having this idea because no one else is questioning it, which means maybe it shouldn't be questioned. The self-doubt is going to show up in, I'm confused about this. I don't believe that this is real, but no one else is doubting it. So therefore, I'm just going to conform to the group. I remember being in psychology classes, I forget what was happening, but there was this one experiment where they had a couple of people in a room and they were really only testing like two, three people. And it was like a simple math equation that they all had to do. And the first several people that were actually like a part of the study team, or they were there on purpose, they would say the wrong answer. So maybe it was like two plus two and three people in a row will say two plus two is five very confidently this theory on human behavior, it was asking, will people conform and say what everyone else is saying? Or will they stick to what they know is true? Even though this is something that they feel like everyone else should know, like two plus two, we all know two plus two equals four. And so if I was in a room where that's the question, I might start doubting myself and saying, okay, I'm getting four. I was pretty certain that this is four. There's two ways that we can experience that doubt. I love this experiment. I think it's a great analogy or a great kind of anchor point for this topic. So you can either doubt yourself and you can conform and you'll say, yeah, the answer's five because everyone else is saying that answer. And then at least you're in this, I doubt myself. And so I don't want to be different. I'm going to not speak my truth or not speak the answer that I know is probably correct. I'm going to doubt that. And I'm going to say what everyone else is saying, because then at least we're all wrong together. The other side is going to be suspicion. Suspicion is going to be, you're all crazy. And so in that situation, I would see the test subject saying, I don't know what you're all doing. You're all probably part of this experiment. The answer is not five. I don't know if any of you went to college or I don't know if any of you went to preschool because we know that like two plus two is four the answer is four. Then you would start to question like, what am I actually being tested on here? What's the real experiment here? Because obviously if everyone is answering the wrong answer, when it's very obviously the wrong answer, something else is happening. And this is probably the experiment. And then you're going to get into the suspicious energy of, am I the only test subject? Am I the only one here? And you're going to get into a weird doubt spiral there. Obviously the gift of inquiry that we get from this is going to be between self-doubt and suspicion. That's where you're going to have a healthy level of, I'm going to inquire about this. I'm going to research this instead of just trusting this sensation or this feeling or this inspiration that I have that says, this is wrong. And I doubt that this is real. I'm going to inquire about it. I'm going to search. I'm going to look for some answers. I'm going to look for some conclusions. And see what comes up. So it's a healthy level of suspicion of like, I suspect that I am probably correct, but I also recognize that I don't have all of the facts yet. So I'm going to get all of the facts so that I can build that trust in myself and my answers logically. You're going to get that logic. You're going to get that information to back up the answers that you're searching for, the inquiries that you have. Very rarely. Do I have this feeling of I doubt this? I'm going to inquire and I'm going to search for the facts and come to a conclusion on it. That's something that doesn't happen nearly as often as me feeling like I am confused and psychotic. <laughs> for me, when I'm experiencing this undefined head center pressure of You know, we've got themes of questions and answers. So I'm thinking about things that don't matter, or I'm trying to answer questions that don't actually matter to me, or I am searching for inspiration. I'm wondering what's the next program launch? What's the next idea? What's the next business venture? What's the next area of support? What's the next topic that I want to dive into? I can get into this energy of, I feel confused and I feel crazy. For me with that undefined head center, I'm going to recognize in this whole topic I'm going to learn that I feel confused a lot and that confusion is a gift for me to learn how to be imaginative. I'm going to tap into this energy of imagination. I'm going to learn how to use my imagination more, but there is this energy of surrender and there is this energy of sometimes I just need to journal about all of the crazy things that I'm feeling and the inspirations that I'm having and say, okay, I'm getting all of these ideas. I'm getting all of this inspiration. and I don't know what to do with it and just getting it out and just recognizing that I'm having that doubt or I'm having that confusion, I'm having that psychosis energy, I can let it be inspiration. I can let it be imagination. I can let it be fuel for me to play with that energy instead of putting pressure on myself to solve something, have a breakthrough, come to a conclusion on something. Let's just kind of recap. A little bit of the things that we discussed today, I have no idea how long this episode has been already. I don't know how long I've been talking, but I'm getting to a point where I've said most of what I want to say. When you have an undefined center, I see it as a window. This is something that you are going to watch other people have. You're going to watch other people experience. You're going to watch other people do And you're going to learn from them. For me, when I have people who have the 64 to 47, they have breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. I've had clients who have that channel and they literally have this energy of, oh my gosh, I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on. They get into that energy of confusion. And then almost always they have a breakthrough. They have a breakthrough. They have a breakthrough for me. I have to express that confusion. Like, okay, I don't really know what's happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. We had a launch recently that was kind of confusing and I didn't really know what was happening and I couldn't figure out what was going right, what was going wrong. And so I had some breakthroughs and I had some realizations and some really big insights and some aha moments, but there are still some questions that I was asking that, I don't have full clarity on. And I get to recognize that I'm not here to create that certainty, but I don't need to find that certainty in order to move forward. I don't have to have aha moments and breakthrough moments on every single piece of confusion that I have. On the flip side, I can be really inspired and I see ideas all over the place. I see ways that human design can fit into real life. I get inspired a lot, a lot, a lot. I see other people be inspired and I see that and I witness that in them. And that also makes me inspired. I can feel that, ooh, that hit of inspiration. Not every hit of inspiration that I have turns into something. And it's okay to only experience the inspiration. And it's okay to only recognize that I'm feeling really excited about this amazing idea that's coming through. And then I get to trust that sometimes... I'm going to have the insights on how to be inventive and how to be innovative and how to bring this new piece of inspiration through and bring this new perspective through to other people. And sometimes I'm just going to be inspired. I'm going to have a glimpse of that idea. And then I will hear somebody else say it and be like, oh, that's what I was getting at. That's what I was tuning into. And then I can use their language and their innovation and their energy instead of blaming myself or feeling bad about me not having that energy or whatever my undefined energy makes me do. I'm just checking my notes because I was journaling about this the other day and I like journaling on things and then talking to you on the podcast, that seems to work really well for me. I'm gonna consistently experience that confusion, but I know that I'm always imaginative enough to figure it out somehow if it is something that I need. When you're cultivating gifts, and this is just my perspective, especially if you're working with a defined gate that is surrounded by a lot of undefined energy, it's kind of like an anchor point. And it's kind of like, you're going to be able to teach other people how to create that gift, regardless of what's going on around you. You're going to learn how to be imaginative, or I'm going to learn how to be imaginative and be inspired Regardless of what's going on outside of me, I can turn any piece of inspiration or any question into inspiration. I can turn any piece of confusion into imagination. I trust myself to be imaginative enough to figure things out because a lot of the other things in my head are undefined and can be confusing and can be inconsistent. The inconsistency of questions and inspiration and mental pressure. I've learned how to navigate that by being inspired by other people, by letting other people be my inspiration and by being imaginative. I don't search for answers. I don't search for inspiration. I know that the inspiration is going to come to me. And I know that if I'm confused, I'm always imaginative enough to figure it out. For me, confusion is really just, I almost see it as instead of like, oh my gosh, this is chaotic. Think Legos dump out a bag of Legos on a desk or on a table or on a surface. It's easy to say, oh my gosh, I'm confused. How the heck are all of these pieces supposed to fit together? Or you can play with this and say, okay, cool. I have all of these pieces. What do I want to make with them? There is not a right way for all of these to fit together. When you're playing in your imagination, you're not confused because you're not looking for a right answer. You're just playing. You're just tapping into that inspiration and you're just tapping into this imagination playful energy thinking of Legos when I'm confused I will literally see it as like all of these pieces of inspiration all of these ideas that I'm having all of these questions I may have these bits of information I don't have to find a perfect way for all of them to fit together I get to play with my imagination and see what do I want to build with this what do I want to create with this because there is no right or wrong way If I leave some Legos on the table, if I leave some ideas on the table and maybe work with them in a future idea, that's perfect. For me, they're not always going to fit perfectly together because that's not how life works. (laughs) You're going to have ideas. You're going to have inspiration and you get to play with that. You get to play with that imagination. You don't have to figure everything out. If it's a hit of inspiration, it's okay to have a hit of inspiration and not follow through on it. And not turn it into something and not have it be your next big idea, or your next big program. It's okay to have ideas and not do anything with them. Obviously, you're doing that so that when you do have an idea that is really something that is correct for you and will not leave you alone, you have the energy and you have the space and you have the capacity to bring that forward and to bring that into life. I think that's what I have to say on defined gates in undefined centers. Anytime you're navigating the undefined energy and anytime you're navigating the chaos that can be the undefined, you have this anchor point and that is going to be the gift that you are cultivating over and over and over again. Essentially, it's the set essence of I don't know how to ask questions. I don't know how to... Be inspired all of the time. I don't know how to deal with mental pressure consistently on a daily basis because I don't deal with it consistently and it changes all of the time. However, I'm cultivating the gift of inspiration and imagination so that I can deal with that and I can manage that and I can process that and I can let go of the pressure. I can diffuse the pressure instead of trying to force myself to process it. But also through witnessing other people and through learning how other people ask questions, gain insights. Deal with inspiration, I will learn their methods for diffusion as well. So, with an undefined center, there's two ways that you can do it. You can either process it, and you're going to process it through probably using somebody else's methods or using their frameworks of understanding. And if I was going to do that with somebody who has the 63 to 4, I would see how they question things. and I would see how they doubt things. And I would learn about how that doubt brings them to inquiring about certain things and how that doubt eventually turns into the truth. And how does it turn into the answers? I can watch that. and I can witness that. And I can learn that from somebody else, but it may not be the way that I process the energy of undefined head center or just head center energy. That's not going to be how I process it every single time because it's undefined. So the undefined centers, there is not a right answer for how to process that energy every single time. You get to recognize, is this me? Is this somebody else? You get to learn this discernment and you're actually going to be so much more aware and so much more wisdom around that topic, because instead of learning, oh, I feel inspired, I'm going to do exactly this. So if somebody is, they have these 64 to 47 channel, they may feel confusion every time, but they recognize and they get to learn to trust their process, which will be, oh, I'm confused. Okay. This is going to turn into a realization and I can turn into a realization. They will learn how to use And master that process of turning confusion into inspiration consistently. And I'm going to build that skill. And when you have something undefined, there is not a correct answer. There is not one process that you're doing over and over and over again. You are really mastering. You're not tied down to processing inspiration one way every single time. You're open to seeing how other people process it. You're open to seeing also this energy of like, you can experience head center pressure and let it go and not have to process it at all and say, this is not mine. This is not something that I want to deal with. This is not energy that I want to move through me and you can let it go. The undefined centers, when you have these specific gates, recognize that those are going to be consistent anchor points that you will come back to every single time that I am dealing with this undefined head center and I am experiencing and I'm witnessing and I am observing questions and inspiration and mental pressure from people around me, I have the capacity or I have the genetic predisposition to be confused and feel like I'm crazy. Instead of feeling like I am crazy. And instead of feeling like I'm always confused, I can recognize that I'm imaginative and I'm going to see all of these bits of inspiration. I'm going to be very inspired by the people around me. I'm going to be very inspired all of the time. And I can do things with that inspiration or I can choose that right now is not the right time for me to be doing something with that inspiration. And how you learn and how you make those decisions of is this for me or is this not for me is going to be your inner authority. This is where your defined energy is the tools that you are working with and the processes that you are coming back to consistently to deal with and to manage the experiences that you have in that undefined energy. I believe that that is all that I wanted to say on the defined gates and undefined centers. And I hope that the head center example was really good. I think we had a good conversation today, but let me know if this inspired you, what questions are going on in your head, if this finally made sense for you. Always reach out to me on Instagram. That's a great place where I'm hanging out. And something fun that I am doing is I have decided to start sharing lifestyle content, just tips, tricks, random thoughts, and things that pop into my head over on TikTok. So if you want to follow some kind of behind the scenes, a little bit less business focused, a little bit less edited kind of just me and my life and random bits of wisdom and inspiration that I may have for you. Of course, there's going to be some human design insights because that's just who I am and how I think. You can follow me on TikTok as well. Anyways, have a beautiful day and I will talk to you in the next episode. Hello, if you are still listening, it is because you want all of the juicy details about sacred success live. So this program has gone through many transformations. We have expanded, we've shuffled, and we have perfected this learning experience. This program contains the Sacred Success Coaching Certification, which is my human design and gene keys program that has over 250 videos that I have recorded. It is the most in-depth library that is currently available out there in, in my experience with this level of application. And I've gone through a lot of content, so you can trust me on this. So if you're wanting to get certified in human design or the gene key system, or just learn how to self-coach yourself through the entire process and get access to all of the videos that you could possibly want or need about your own personal chart, this is an amazing container for you. So we have... The Sacred Success Coaching Certification and then this live aspect will bring you all sorts of incredible support to help you deepen and actually embody your design, help you trust that inner authority and really bring it into your life and your business because so many people that come into my world are in the entrepreneurial space. And so we may as well offer something that's going to support you in the kind of application that you're going to be doing with this and going to be focusing on. So in this container, some of the incredible things that we are adding, you will get um, a group where you can chat, you can connect, you can share breakthroughs, you can ask questions. We have a whole bunch of support coaches, which will be helping guide you through any questions. We have chart reading workshops, which will give you the ability to practice your skills and the ability to work through case studies and work through real life situations that you may be presented with if you are doing a reading or if you are coaching a client using human designer gene keys. We will also have contemplation calls, which will be an opportunity for you to get feedback on any specific situations that you're dealing with in your life or get some insight on how you can apply your design to your life and business. We're going all inclusive. We're here to help you with whatever it is that you need to make sure that you're able to really embody all of this content. We also have weekly accountability calls, which will be a space where you can check in, you can get some accountability and you can work on something and you can dedicate some time every single week to working on something from an embodied energy. So we have all of this accountability. We have Q&A calls, and we have the sacred success codes. The sacred success codes are six deep dive masterclasses that are going to completely change the standard for how much mastery is possible in a single class. You know me, I'm the girl of details. That's my vocation. My vocation is applying details in real life and applying detailed information and detailed understandings to real life situations. And so that's what these masterclasses are going to be. They are very focused and they are very intentionally spread out throughout the content to help you really bring what you're learning to life. So we are going to discuss six of the most powerful lessons that I have learned from applying my design to my business over the last couple of years. And these are going to be the art of detachment and how you can decondition in a single moment and how you can look at something that could potentially be triggering and choose a different energy, like really the art of shifting. And that happens through the art of detachment. I'm going to teach you how to create your own niche based on your talents, your skills, your genius. We will work on emotional and nervous system regulation, how you can stay grounded and centered regardless of the uncertainty that you are facing. We are going to go into authentic branding and content creation strategies based on your human design so that you can create sustainable content plans because if it's easy for you and if it's effortless for you, it's actually gonna be sustainable and you'll actually be able to show up and you will be able to be consistent. We're gonna talk about communication and messaging through code writing. I'm gonna teach you how to write in code, the codes from your heart, pulling them out of you instead of writing and copy because over strategizing your copy and your messaging can get really mental and you can spend so much time in your head. So I want to teach you how to speak from your heart and figure out what channels and what gates you can be leveraging in order to write in code instead of copy. And then we will be diving deep into your relationship to making and receiving money specifically through marketing and selling. So we're going to look at the relationship that you have with money, the relationship that you have with the universe and how this shows up in marketing and how you can create authentic marketing that feels sacred and feels beautiful and doesn't feel pushy or salesy at all. So if you're still listening, you are probably at least a little bit curious about this particular program. So I'm going to have you go to the link in the show notes and get on the wait list. If you join the wait list, you're going to get early information. You will get early enrollment access before we even open the doors. If you're somebody like me, who's an emotional authority or you're a mental projector and you have that sounding board authority or if you're a reflector even, you want to make sure that you have this information early so that you can really honor your authority and you can use this as an opportunity to deepen your your of trust and trust your intuition to make this decision for you. So listen to the episode that's a couple episodes back on decision-making, join the waitlist so you get the information early. And that will also give you the option to snag one of the early enrollment bonuses that we have for the first couple of people that sign up. And you also get to take all of that time to listen to your inner guidance and see if this program would support you in your next step as an entrepreneur. So that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for listening and please reach out if you have any questions. At all.